1: You give them the facts. Here's the facts. These are fucking facts. You're like, yeah, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. The guy's taking his fucking IQ with a tire catch. Yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah, you're just you're just fibbing. You, what, you see that on Fox News? Yeah. No, you idiot. Fox yeah. is as bad as MSNBC. You fucking, they're playing two sides to the middle. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fucking stupid. You're dumb. You're so fucking dumb.
0: And now, it's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Here's your host, Andrew for America. Hey, that's me. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another brand new episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. And that opening clip is uh, Jimmy Schubert. On a podcast and I wanted to kick the show off today with that clip because last episode uh, I was in a mood and I kind of was calling people stupid (laughs) and I was like you fucking morons just don't get it and I don't know if you ever will blah 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 and when I say that shit you guys I'm not talking to you my listeners I'm talking to the vast majority of people I know that if you're listening to my show on the regular, you are clearly in a higher upper echelon of intelligence and curiosity and further along on your quest for truth than a new listener or someone who may casually stumble upon this podcast, take a listen and be like, you know what I mean? And then go run screaming for the hills. So again, I don't want, you know, I know people are sensitive out there in this day and age and I don't want to come off like this huge asshole or I don't want to come off like I know everything, like I have all the answers. I've said it repeatedly on this show. I do not have all the answers. I'm just talking about things. And when I feel pretty strongly or I have a firm belief about something, um, I'll probably say it and talk about it in very matter of fact terms. Now, does that mean that I'm absolutely correct and that there's no possible way I could be wrong? Well, no, obviously. But there is a very strong probability that whatever I'm talking about is closer to truth than it is to fiction. Based on research and analysis and trends and You know, doing research, the scientific method, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I've said on the show quite a bit, I've talked about CIA, um, mind control, manipulation, uh, research and studies and, you know, the horrific um, evil, some might say, things that the intelligence communities have done in the pursuit of, um, you know, creating Manchurian candidates or in just brainwashing people or in, uh, you know, using their magic tricks to distract you from the reality or using propaganda techniques to, um, you know, make you not focus on the real and to hide the things that they don't want you uh, looking up and, and researching and trying to figure out the truth There's a lot of, you know, deception that goes on in this world. And, you know, part of the reason I'm going to defend the vast majority of people that I say aren't smart enough or are too stupid or too apathetic or whatever, ambivalent to care about the realities of the world and to really know what's going on. They just want to stay in their little bubble and hope nothing bad happens and just get through life without any you know, rocking of the boat, right? Uh, But, you know, there's a lot of very telling research out there that when you look at the results of these research projects and these studies, it is very easy to see how easy it is to manipulate and to change perception and to control how and what people think. I've told you guys about the Pavlov's dog experiment in the past. I've told you about the mouse utopia, one of my most listened to episodes. Uh, I've told you about countless studies that have shown that despite your ego and despite how um, much you really think you have it all figured out in your life in this world, there is research out there that is very easily le- that very easily will show you how even the most um confident person in their thinking and in their their action can easily fall victim and and fall prey to you know mind control manipulation tactics and I I don't want to drone on about this but you know, the Pavlov's dog thing when, they, when he uh, conditioned people, conditioned the dogs rather, to think that whenever he rang the bell that they started salivating and they would pull the food away because he was giving them food every time he rang the bell and their mind started associating that sound of the bell with uh, they're about to get fed. And then he pulled the food away and all that kind of stuff. And it's very easy to see how our mind can be hacked. Like Yuval Noah Harari says, we're hackable creatures. And this is how the transhumanist agenda is going to be implemented, because the intelligence communities' years and years and years of research into controlling the human brain and controlling your mind, eventually they're going to make breakthroughs, and they're going to become more effective, and they're going to get better at it. And there's no logical, uh, scientific reason to not believe that. Anytime you study something long enough, you are going to make discoveries. You're going to make breakthroughs. And some of those discoveries and breakthroughs may be very unbelievable to a lot of you. And that's why I keep saying, you guys got to drop your ego. Human behavior is very trackable. Um, Statistically significant outcomes from research have shown things. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Red Pill podcasting uh, craze out there, like the Fresh and Fit podcast, and um, uh, Rolo Tomasi, and like there's a bunch of uh, you know pearl, just pearly things. Uh, there, there are these people out there talking about relationships, and they're talking about the research that has been done showing, you know, preferences between males and females in the dating market. The Dating Marketplace, they call it quite a bit. And when you listen to these podcasts, it's very interesting to see how people react to the, st- the statistically significant research outcomes. It's like people don't want to believe the reality of the research. And yes, I know, research can be corrupted. There can be people that fund it and wants. Uh, want certain outcomes from it, I understand all that. But if a lot of this research really is correct and somewhat statistically significant and, you know, accurate, quote unquote, within some standard deviation, then wouldn't you want to know that so that you could use that and base your behavior and your future decision making on knowing the probabilities of things? Like, I don't know. I'm just I'm the type of person that's open-minded and wants to know the hard truths and the difficult to hear <clears throat> realities. And so here I'm gonna play a clip. This is Andrew Tate on the Patrick Bet David pod, talking about some research with monkeys, and it, it, it the outcome that he arrives at is kind of what I'm talking about with how society and culture can be engineered and you can be conditioned to eventually think feel and believe things that are not based in fact and truth and it, and you know your behaviors and your thoughts and feelings and ideas about things you, you may hold those beliefs and those feelings because somebody else conditioned you to think feel and believe that way you do not have the original uh, pattern of thought and research and investigation by your own free will to have arrived at thinking feeling and believing a certain way about a topic so take a listen to this okay and then we're going to talk about this a little bit more here we go
1: have you ever seen the experiment there's a really interesting experiment with monkeys and a banana and a water spout Have you ever seen this they put five monkeys in a in a room and at the top of the room there was a banana And when one monkey tried to climb up to get the banana, they'd turn on the hose and splash all the monkeys with ice-cold water, so the monkey would come back down and wouldn't get the banana. And when another monkey would go to climb up, they'd splash all the monkeys with ice-cold water. And what would happen over time is, when a monkey went to climb the rope to get the banana, the other monkeys would jump and pull them down and hit it and teach them a lesson, don't go for that banana. You go for that banana, we get splashed with water. Then they'd swap one of the monkeys out. Now there's a new monkey in who doesn't know the game. The new monkey would attempt to climb, and all four monkeys would attack the monkey, pull him back down, and kick his ass. He knows if he climbs the rope to get the banana, he gets attacked. He doesn't know he gets splashed with water. and he, he, he doesn't know the game, but he knows if I try and climb, they're going to attack me. After a certain amount of weeks, they change another monkey, and another monkey, another monkey. Over time, you have five brand new monkeys who have never been splashed with water, ever. Nobody goes to climb the rope because if they do, they're attacked by all the other monkeys. And nobody even knows why.
0: Okay, so CIA experiment with monkeys, and what did they do? They conditioned certain monkeys to not go after the banana because they get sprayed, and all the other monkeys would whoop their ass. Cause they're like, "Hey, we don't want to get sprayed. Don't go for the banana." Then they would change a monkey out, and a new one would come in, and it would go for the banana, and all the other monkeys would whoop its ass. And then eventually they took the water away, but there was enough monkeys in there that remembered. And you can see how over time they conditioned this um, cohort, you know, this sample size to um, perform behaviors. And eventually nobody knew why they were doing it. That's exactly how propaganda in the media works. That's why so many people were conditioned and programmed to think that orange man bad without having any understanding of why. There are people that, you know, say whatever you will about Trump, and I'm not defending Trump by any means right now. I'm just I'm just talking about how media and propaganda and your environment can be manipulated and can can be used nefariously to deceive you into thinking, feeling, and believing certain things. And I've said it a million times. You have to go find the evidence. You have to go find the receipts. And that's a whole nother conversation. Well, what what defines evidence, right? And is is evidence, quote unquote, does that mean that something is actually true? Because evidence can be fabricated, right? Like people can pay scientists off to, uh, arrive at outcomes through quote unquote research, right? Air quotes. So like now you have to look at the method. How was the study conducted? Uh, was there uh, constant variables? Was there, you know, there's all these factors that go into it and, you know, maybe you're never going to arrive at absolute truth, but you can definitely arrive at possibilities and probabilities that point to a higher possible percentage rate of something being real and actual, or of something being complete and total order, utter horseshit, right? So, you know, can we ever really know the truth about anything is where I'm going with this. And how do you know that you don't think, feel and believe something, not because of your own thinking, and your own contemplation and your own philosophizing and research, but because, you know, your parents told you or the church told you or the news told you or your teacher, air quotes, in an indoctrination center school told you. You know, my my point is, is that, We all have to be open-minded and we all have to cut people some slack when they make a stupid comment or when they make a mistake in their thinking, especially if they're not being rude to you and they're being open-minded and they're just trying to understand and learn. And I feel like far too often that ego comes into play and it affects the situation from both ways. There are people that don't want to learn new things. They already think they know everything. They are not open-minded. They are very closed Minded, and their ego prevents them from allowing new information in. Maybe it's fear. Maybe they don't want to change their mind about something. Maybe uh, they're too emotionally invested in their beliefs for no good reason. Um, you know. And then the the reverse is true. What if someone was coming to a conversation where they were open minded and they were trying to seek knowledge and understanding, and then they would make comments that. The other person would be like, oh, God, I can't believe you believe that. That's so stupid. How could you ever fucking think that? Blah, blah, blah. That's also ego. That's the person that's trying to teach, I guess, for lack of a better word. This person that is trying to learn. What a terrible way to teach somebody something by ridiculing them for not already knowing it. And that, you know, in my opinion, that shows a level of insecurity. You think you know something. And when someone challenges your belief or asks you a question about it that maybe you weren't ready for, now your ego kicks in and you don't want to believe that you could be wrong about whatever you think you're so right about that you were getting ready to tell this person that was just coming to the table trying to learn. And, The more people that act like that, when you're trying to have conversations in hopes of seeking knowledge and understanding about things, it's just like this experiment with the monkeys. Like it's going to make people afraid to seek truth and knowledge and wisdom and understanding. It's going to make them run away from the attempt even, because now they have this traumatic, bad experience of what happens to them. When they are trying to learn new things. So again, I stand by all of my comments from the last episode. Ego is rooted in fear and insecurity. In my humble opinion. And that's why I continue to say, if you want to make progress in your life. If you want to make progress and help others in their lives. If you want to help others our country and our society and the world as a whole make progress towards something better than the current situation then first of all you have to destroy your ego and second of all you have to seek out knowledge wisdom and understanding you have to find the courage to push past the fear to push past the insecurity you have to tell yourself that i am willing to face ridicule mockery and maybe is even physical violence because the quest for knowledge and wisdom and understanding is more important than my fear my insecurity and anybody's egotistical bullshit and and your feelings just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true or rational or logical. How many decisions have you made in your life that you regretted because you made those decisions when you were in some type of specific emotional state? And this is a recurring theme on these red pill podcasts between men and women. Some of the major themes that these podcasters are talking about is, uh, number one, there are definite differences between men and women, and men and women are attracted to different things. Men and women are not attracted to the same things. That is a huge misconception that the feminist movement has drilled into the brains of women. Another misconception is that men and women are equal. Absolutely not true, both biologically and (laughs) realistically. (laughs) And why would we want to be the same? Isn't that what makes life beautiful? Isn't that what... The history of our species is based on masculine and feminine energies coming together in union to form a spiritual bond and connection that is godly. We live in a binary reality, ones and zeros, positive, negative, yin and yang, male and female. And I know. I'm not saying that there's something wrong with being homosexual. I'm not saying there's something wrong with being tra- transsexual. If the, that's the way you think and feel in within yourself, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But you are the exception. You are not the rule. And that's where a lot of people go wrong. A lot of people hold thoughts and feelings and ideas in their heads because that's their own personal experience. And they believe it. Because that's their experience. But what if someone came along with research and statistics and told you, hey, I understand that you believe, think, and feel this certain way about this thing. But I'm here to tell you that there is evidence and proof and research and statistics that points to the fact that despite your specific unique situation, the vast majority of All people feel, think, and believe a different way. They are the rule. And you are the exception. That's very, very hard for a lot of people to accept. You tell somebody that their experience, their unique lived experience, is not the rule, it is an exception. And immediately their feelings, their emotions, and their ego jump into action and cloud logical, and rational, and reasoned thought. And that's our problem. That's what technology and social media and the woke agenda and the feminist movement are all about. Uh, Ghost from the My Third Eye podcast when I did his show he, we, we had one of our promo clips going around the social medias, and he said, it's the new trans-Maoist agenda. It's the new cultural revolution. Communist tactics. I've told you guys, go read Rules for Radicals. Go read The Naked Communist. They wrote their plan down in books. Brave New World. 1984. Animal Farm. Um, Fahrenheit 451, the list goes on and on and on. Juice Mirlu's book, um, The Rape of the Mind. There are countless volumes of authors' research, analysis, and findings that all point to possible truths and realities when multiple people are researching these topics and arriving at similar conclusions, who are you or anyone else individually to say that they're wrong and to say that the reality of the world does not apply to them? That is fear, ego, insecurity, and close-mindedness that is making you behave. In that way. And that's what I mean, my fellow Americans, when I say you must start your quest. Not for anybody else, only for yourself. It's got to start in side first i'm gonna hit a commercial and i'll be right back All right, people, welcome back to the show. So here in the second segment of the show today, I'm going to roll this thought process forward, okay? Before I get into the bulk of it today, I want you to think back to the baby boomer generation. I want you to think back to the Great Depression era of America. How many of you have grandparents that would never let you throw things away? They were, uh, you know, they canned food uh, to preserve them for long periods of time they didn't want to throw anything away because they had so little during those difficult depression years that you never knew when you're going to need something they became hoarders in a, in a way and they lived in a time where people had you know love stories and romance stories men and women getting together getting married having lots of kids and and being married for 40 50 60 years and something about that I feel like is still inside each and every one of us. I feel like when people talk about what's a successful relationship, they say, you know, I want to get married and have kids and find my person, find my soulmate, find my partner that we're going to walk through life together, hand in hand. The Disney fairy tale, uh, the the rom-com stories that the ladies out there love, you know, all this fairy tales and make-believe ideas about love and relationships. And for those of you that are old enough to remember, you know, your grandparents, maybe your great-grandparents at this point's generation, where they had two or three sexual partners maybe in their entire life, maybe some of them got married And were saving themselves for marriage. The woman was a virgin when she entered into a a marriage. The man stayed celibate until he found his wife. Uh, You know, this is a very religious uh, Christian belief in. And other religions, I feel like, have the same thing. You know, arranged marriages that occur in some cultures. And, you know, this was the status quo of the past. This was the way that men and women related to one another years ago. And there's something biologically, I think, despite religion and despite the propaganda and the cultural, social conditioning, that makes us strive for that. Togetherness, family, community. We are social creatures. It's not good for a human being to become isolated. I'm sure you've heard of uh, prisons having solitary confinement and what happens to the strongest of human beings when you isolate them from other human beings. They go mad. They go insane. They become suicidal. They can't relate to their own thoughts anymore. It's a terrible terrible thing to do to a person. And so I find it very interesting that here in the modern day era, in the 21st century, after years of wokeism, after years of feminism, after years of Rockefeller propaganda telling women to get out of the home and get out into the workforce, the slow destruction of the family, the slow destruction of community, I made the argument in the last episode that this has all been planned and it has been planned. And I know it's very difficult to hear. and I know that a lot of you probably don't want to believe that. But if you look at history and you look at the research and you look at the past. It turns out that that is exactly what happened. Mind control and manipulation and the research that has been put into being able to control the human mind by our intelligence communities and by psychologists and Nazi scientists from the past, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. These things are are provable. You can go find the documentation that says that this is what they were doing. And so to sit there and say that wokeism and feminism is beneficial to society somehow because it makes men and women equal. I, I, there are so many holes in this argument. Should men and women be equal? I, I think we should all have equality of opportunity. We should all have the same optionality in life. Something shouldn't be restricted from one gender or one sex uh, and not the other, right? The law shouldn't be set up to favor one sex or one gender over the other, right? Doesn't that seem logical? Doesn't that seem fair? Doesn't that seem equal? And a lot of people, you know, when you think this through, equality isn't so good for you if you benefit from the inequality of things and this is another topic of conversation that a lot of these red pill podcasters uh are discussing. And I'm not for or against these shows. I'm not for or against uh anybody's personal belief or you know, I'm not championing championing the the outcomes and the banter and some of the things that these people say because I have heard shows where I feel like the guys on these podcasts are kind of getting really unmerciful and blunt with women. And although, yes, maybe what they're saying isn't necessarily incorrect and not true, you know, you could deliver the information in a little bit more of a calm way. And a lot of these guys, that's the argument that they make. And, um, you know, that women, they don't want to hear the truth because they say that they feel attacked. But really, when you're just giving them the data and the statistics and the factual evidence, uh, you know, they're not used to hearing it. So they run screaming in the other direction. They don't want to accept the fact that, you know, reality is what it is and their beliefs and perceptions about things come solely from their experiences in life where there's a very good chance that their situation might be the exception to the rule. So with all that being said, let me give you some examples of what I mean. I'm going to play you an assortment of clips from these Red Pill Podcaster shows today to give you a little idea of what's going on out there. And this movement is becoming quite the craze. And I don't know if Uh, If they're trying to fight against the feminist movement and the woke agenda, or if they're just trying to help men and women understand each other a little bit more so that we can maybe get to a place where we can once again have thriving relationships, uh, where we might want to bring children into this world and reproduce, where we might want to have one partner for our entire lives. Uh, regardless of how crazy that idea seems here today in the 21st century. So here we go. Let's kick off this little supercut I'm going to do today. Uh, It's not going to be all together. I'm going to break it up and talk about these clips in between. But I just want to give you guys an idea. If you are unfamiliar or if you haven't heard about the Red Pill podcast craze, it's not about, you know, when I say Red Pill podcasters, it sounds like I'm talking about truth or conspiracy shows these shows are not that it's red pill in the respect that they're these men hosts these male hosts and in Pearl's case female host are dropping the red pill on women about the illogical fallacies and the bullshit arguments that are rooted in the woke agenda and in the feminist ideology okay so let's kick it off With this one, this is a woman playing two roles and she's uh, replying to the contention. And I've heard I cannot count how many women I have heard say this in their life. I don't need a man. okay? maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But I just want you to hear what this woman's reply to that comment is. Here we go.
2: I don't need a man. Really. Or have we as a society so greatly exalted this strong, independent female archetype to the point where we are dealing with... Generations now of little boys who grew up to be the men that their own mothers unconsciously taught them that they didn't need, who were outperformed in a school system that favors the more docile demeanor of little girls, while they were conditioned to believe that they're toxic and the really strong-willed ones were just put on riddle and all the while we're not realizing that we're creating the weak men that no one wants to date and forcing women to become the men they used to want to marry and leaving little boys without someone to show them how to be the men that women need And if we continue to compete instead of compliment and overcorrect, we're playing a game where we both lose and instead of pointing fingers at each other, we should be looking at who
0: wins. (laughs) She's scratching her head. Okay, so think about that. How many single mothers are out there in the world? And how many men, young men, uh, end up uh, young criminals and in the, you know, justice, quote unquote, system, <laughs> criminal justice, man, I love that oxymoronic mind fuck propaganda term, um, you know, but how many how many young men are in trouble? You've heard people talking about oh, all these young men that are in prison at an early age. You know, they grew up in fatherless households. They never had a father figure in their life uh, teaching them how to be a man, how to hold masculine frames. Uh, how to treat women, how to treat people in general, how to uh, prepare yourself for adulthood as a man in this world, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. When you take that equation, uh, or take, I'm sorry, when you take that variable out of the equation, you can see how lost so many young men are out there, just absolutely lost It's sad, and it's becoming epidemic level. And, you know, you might not want to admit it to yourself, but just look at history and look at the statistics and the research. When there is a man and a woman, two parents in a household, that child's upbringing is going to be unbelievably better in the long term. And so, you know, this goes back to what me and Ghost were talking about on our episode together, you know, the feminization of men and the masculinizing of women, women being forced to take the responsibility, women being forced to go out into the workforce and provide for themselves, women wanting to uh, become independent of men. I don't need a man. I can do it myself. Can you really? Can you ladies? How much easier would it have been for you? If you, if you're, this goes out to all you single mothers out there. If you had a man in your life to help you with the bills, with, uh, you know, whatever, the, the raising of your child, the disciplining of your child, whatever the case may be, all of the things that go into that. Don't you think your situation, uh, both your personal situation and the situation for your child would be better? Are, are, have you ever asked yourself, you know, hey, am I lying to myself when I say that I don't need a man? Or is that what this fucked up, gross, disgusting, communist, communist, wokest, feminist agenda has conditioned you to believe. Ask yourself, did you arrive at those beliefs by your own thinking? Or do you live in a society that tells you and teaches you and conditions you to believe and to think in these ways? Ask yourself is that programming complete and total utter horseshit when you look at the research and the facts and the outcomes? Especially from the BB B- B- Boomer post-World War II generation to now. And another factor is the devaluation of the currency. And I don't want to get too far off topic, but I always make the case that, you know, the baby boomer generation, the post-World War II generations uh, were single soul breadwinner families. The men had uh, opportunities to go out into a workforce, make enough money, and make enough money to support their wife, to support their children, to afford a home, a vehicle, vacations, etc all on one person's income, that has gone away. And I would make the argument that that has gone away by design on purpose. But that's a whole nother podcast, okay? Ladies, I just just want you to think about it, okay? I'm not coming after you. When you make the statement, I don't need a man, you know what, you're absolutely right. You, You know, you don't absolutely need a man in this world. But don't you think having one would make things just a little bit better? How can you be an independent woman that doesn't need a man and simultaneously, at the same time, hold the belief that one day you'll find a man, he will give you a relationship and a commitment, and you will settle down, and you will finally have a child, and you will live happily ever after? At the beginning of the show, I played that clip. The guy said it was cognitive dissonance. What is cognitive dissonance? I've been over this repeatedly on this podcast. It is holding two beliefs simultaneously simultaneously in your mind that are contradictory, that are conflicting, that make you say to yourself, hmm, one of these beliefs and ideas and opinions Cannot be true. That's where I'm going with this show today. Do you believe the things that you believe because you really deep down think, feel, and believe them? Or were you taught how to think? Were you conditioned how to act? Were you shown through the TV and your society and the propaganda, and the social media, how to behave. Ask yourself. Let's take a listen to another clip. Here we go.
2: Where all the good men gone, the good men are right there. They just do not want to be around. They just don't want these worthless Western women who are so narcissistic and selfish. They don't care how they hurt a man. He should just be able to take it. Do you know most men don't get compliments? They don't get sex. They don't get validation from anyone. And then and and then when they actually get married, as expected they're going to get it from their wife. But then even then, they're not given it. And they wonder why their husband's angry or frustrated. He's not motivated to do anything in the house or spend time with you or take you on a date. Why? Because he knows it's all going to lead to nothing. He wants sex, but you refuse to give it to him. And we haven't even gotten into women who just don't take care of themselves. They, they, they gain weight. They don't care, you know, what their looks are. They, they, will, they will go out their way to look good, dress up, treat with respect men in the street that they will not give their husband at home.
0: All right. So here's another take. Here's another perspective that uh, some women out there are waking up to. You know, where have all the good men gone? <laughs> Ladies, the good men are all around you. They are everywhere. They are literally, I'm sorry, they're not literally, they are (laughs) figuratively growing on trees. We are everywhere. But you don't want the nice guy. You don't want the good man. You want the toxic, rom-com, romance novel, Fifty Shades of Grey guy. The guy that takes you on an emotional roller coaster. Uh, there's a guy out there called uh, Zerka in the Red Pill Podcast t- community. Ladies hate this guy because he is he, <laughs> he's kind of a dick about his points, but you know that's what he says. You know he says things like women are are trash and they're of the devil and they're they're you know <laughs> they they are terrible people. Uh, To men when now they live in this world of social media, only fans, narcissism, you know, never facing consequences and responsibilities, being able to absolutely destroy a man and make him fucking suicidal just because you got bored and you were looking for a bigger, better deal. Like, what does that say about you? (laughs) What kind of person are you if you're doing that? Are you wife material? Do you deserve a good man? Like, where are all the good women at? (laughs) Ladies, are you familiar with passport bros? If you're not, this is how bad Western men have started to think, feel, and believe about Western women because of the woke movement and the feminist agenda. They are literally getting on planes with their passports and going to other countries to find more submissive, more traditional-minded women who will make better wives. Women don't want to be wives anymore. They just want to be married. They want the meal ticket. They want the status. They want to be able to show the ring to their girlfriends and flaunt it and tell them, ha, 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 I'm engaged Oh my god, the fairy tale wedding, blah blah blah. Let's go into debt to have a 30 fucking $40,000 $100,000 wedding, whatever. And then you go into debt because of it, and then you guys get divorced in a year because your priorities were all fucked up. And men and women are both to blame for that. Men, you're choosing very very poorly for a lifelong partner, for a wife, and women You're choosing very, very poorly uh, for yourself and for your future desires and plans. And that's why the divorce rate is so high. These red pill podcasters say over 80% of women in divorces are the ones that initiated it. 20% of men initiate divorce. Or maybe the number is even lower than that because they say if the woman is college educated, she's ninety percent the one that initiates breakups and divorces. So what does that tell you, ladies? Where have all the good men gone? The good men, the good men have gone running, screaming away from you, and it's gotten so bad that they are now going to other countries to find a wife because you have fallen victim to the woke agenda you have believed the feminist the feminist propaganda for years and years and years and it's getting so bad now Your your mothers probably helped the society drill these things into your brain just like the monkeys and the banana and the sprayed water you have been conditioned over time to believe bullshit And we are all, men and women, suffering the consequences of that right now as we speak. Let's play another clip. Here we go. Yo. What the fuck do y'all niggas think is going to happen? We bring an average guy in that is, let's say we bring in an average guy. 5'9", 5'8", whatever it is, 50 grand a year. Blue collar worker Whatever it is You know The backbone of America The men that we really respect The guys that are building the roads, The guys that are doing The important things Yeah Women don't have respect Like we do guys You guys gotta get out of this mindset That thinking that women Are like us They're not like us They're not honorable creatures They don't have the same level of respect Women have allegiance to one thing Themselves Their emotions themselves. And themselves yep, guys emotions. Yes. Okay Honor Is not a feminine trait I'm gonna say that again Get it through y'all fucking heads man honor is not a feminine trait guys it is a masculine trait women are literally hardwired and designed to stick themselves to the strongest male it's a survival tactic okay all right so now we're getting to a little bit more controversial stuff this guy is saying honor and respect are masculine traits and women are governed only by and are loyal only to their emotions and their and themselves; hence, selfishness and narcissism. And there's, I personally feel that there's something to be said for that. I, I have had, <laughs> I have had personal experiences in my dating life with this. I have dated women in my life that I never in a million years would have thought were going to be capable of bringing the level of hardship, disrespect, trauma, and violence against me into my life. And I've experienced it firsthand, and because of that, It made me realize that I need to start looking at the reality and the research and the statistics of things instead of wanting to believe the Disney fairy tale. Like I was going to meet a nice girl. We're going to settle down. We may or may not have kids. She's going to be my best friend. uh, She's going to be loyal. She's going to stick by my side through thick and thin. You know, all the things that we say in our marriage vows. I mean, what's a what is a vow? Okay? Ask yourself. Let's let's look it up. What's the dictionary definition of a vow? Here we go. Vow. It is a solemn promise or assertion. To bind or consecrate by a, a pledge, an oath, an agreement. A covenant. Okay? Something that you don't make frivolously. Something that you don't make if you don't really mean it. And if you have no plans to stick to it. For better or for worse. Through sickness and in health. Till death do us part till death do us part. Are you serious? What does that say? Why, are the, why is that phrase in marriage vows? Because you're making this decision. You're making a covenant, a pledge, a lifelong agreement that you are going to be each other's person for the rest of your natural life. So I have a question for every single one of you out there, men and women that have made wedding vows and then ended up breaking those vows. Let me ask you a question. Did you make a mistake? How confident were you? How much did you believe those words when you said them to your soon-to-be bride or groom, your significant other, did you say them um, not genuinely, unauthentically? Were you lying? Were you being a manipulator? Because if you really had honor, if you really um, believed it and were sure of it in your heart of hearts... That you wanted to be with this person no matter what through every possible turmoil and difficulty until the end of your life. Then why did you break the vow? Did you even mean it? Why did you say it? What was the point? Why would you say it if you didn't mean it? Say what you mean and mean what you say, right? I have never made wedding vows in my life. I am an unmarried man. And not that I didn't have countless opportunities opportunities to do so. It's just that I like to think that I was a little bit wiser. And I I have chosen poorly my dating partners in my life and it took me a long time to figure out how to set boundaries, how to vet Uh, potential mates how to disqualify and walk away from people that were not right for me or who were going to embarrass me or were going to make my life more difficult and maybe just maybe end up destroying everything I have ever worked for in this life. Ladies, that's why men are going to other countries. That's why men are running away from masculine Western feminist women because you think you don't need us anymore. You don't know how to treat us and you can very, very easily walk away and be celebrated for it and to face no consequences for it and hell even get paid for it. Just think about it. What do you offer to men anymore aside from sex? Ask yourself. Let's move on. Let's play another clip. Here we go. They're deliberately
1: trying to turn
0: women against men. They have to
1: divide the peasants. That's the only way they, the elites can retain control. They turn the blacks against the whites, the Democrats oh. against the Republicans, the women against the men. It's all a psyop, and they do it purposefully listen a revolution is nothing more than men standing in one place and saying this shit has to change the reason there's no revolution despite the absolute tyranny we experience here in the western world is because most men aren't allowed out to out the house because their wife will get mad at them you have to be home at 10 o'clock come home you're not allowed out you're not going to feel like a king or feel brave enough to go and re- rebel against a new world order if you don't even feel in charge of your own house That's if you're not a king in your that. own house then how are you a king anywhere else right And and the law is set up in a way in the Western world where men have absolutely zero power. Most men are are clinically depressed, working jobs they hate in sexless marriages, and they know they can't leave because they lose the house and they lose the kids and they lose everything else. So they don't have time to be concerned with anything that's actually happening in the world. They keep us divided and distracted.
0: Okay, so I've played that clip on the show before. That's Andrew Tate talking about the real goal of this feminist woke agenda, this communist agenda. This has happened in other countries throughout history and it's now happening here in the United States. And this goes right back to my previous contentions that I've made on the show before about th- the way to conquer a nation and to keep it under control is, and to, and to prevent them from revolting against the orthodoxy and the status quo and the government controllers is to attack masculine Strong men is to attack strong families and strong communities. That's the goal. They want you single, living in an apartment in a little box, unmarried, without children, spending all of your money that you work and work and work and work and work yourself to the bone, to the death, to earn so that you can keep that economy going, you can keep their pockets getting filled, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. And men and women, you are both equally guilty in this respect. Men, you are guilty of not being real men, of not being masculine. You are guilty of not having boundaries and putting your foot down and telling a woman that is not good for you, who is lying to you, who is cheating on you, who is disrespecting you, who is embarrassing you to walk the fuck out of your life forever and don't ever come back. That's your problem. That's what you have to learn. That is your area of opportunity. Learn your role in a relationship. And women, you are also equally guilty. Because you have become more masculine. Men have become more feminine and women have become more masculine. And when you blur the line, when you blur the gendered roles, it, it looks like it's the beginning of the end of a civilized society. And say whatever you want. Maybe... Some of you are sitting there listening to me right now and you're saying to yourself, I think that modern day 21st century America is much better than the baby boomer generation. And if you believe that, cool. But my first question to you would be, why? Why do you say that? What evidence or experiences do you have that support that claim? Because I don't see what you're seeing. I see the opposite of that. I see... A civilized society that is in constant degeneration and decline. And it's because we have refused to face the facts about what is happening in our society. Let's move on. Take a listen to this.
1: Women kill chivalry more than men. Hot take. Let me explain. So the whole perspective of chivalry, it's what a man does and why he does it. How it makes her feel when he does it kind of thing. If you have a woman who has these huge expectations, but she's not really doing a lot in her man's eyes to say that she deserves the chivalry, then why would he be chivalrous?
0: This one, this one is, man, this one drives me bananas because- I used to be that guy. I used to be the chivalrous guy as a younger man. I was the guy that opened the door for you, always paid for the date, um, you know, stood on the street side of the sidewalk as we were walking, uh, you know, all the things, all the Disney fairy tale bullshit that we all get you know you know planted in our heads through the propaganda and through the media, right? through the movies. But I love this woman's take. Like, ladies, I mean, this goes back to Dave Chappelle. This is a famous Dave Chappelle bit. Chivalry is dead and women killed it. And women, you did. You killed it. Because you don't you don't reward the behavior of the chivalrous nice guy, air quotes. Nice guy. You say you want a, a guy who's emotionally intelligent. You say you got, want a guy that's chivalrous. You say you want a guy that's nice and is supportive. Uh, but then you go, you know fuck Andrew for America, the bartender. And you know what? I've been toxic in my day. I can admit it. It's taken me a long time to realize my part in my failed past relationships. I was the constant variable, and I used to fall into the trap of always blaming the woman. Oh, she's a narcissist. Oh, she. she's a liar. She... This, that, and the other, right? And and I, you know, I had to learn the very hard way, boy. Ooh, I'm one of those people that I don't learn the easy way. I, I need to learn the hard way. That's how it's always been. We cannot learn without pain. Aristotle, I think about that quote all the time because that is me. I am that guy. And I'm here to tell you, ladies, we men, we want to so bad. We want to be chivalrous. We want to be nice. We want to show respect but you don't reward that behavior. You want the rom-com guy. You want the toxic fucking Avenger guy that treats you like shit and, and doesn't respond uh, in a timely fashion and makes you feel like you're disposable and that you're just an option and you're not his number one. And it's like, you know, drugs for you. You chase that guy because your ego and your narcissistic uh constantly seeking attention brain that gets attention just handed to you on a silver platter from men 24-7, fucking 365. That one guy that doesn't act like that to you, the exception to the rule, that's the guy you want. It's not that the rule doesn't exist. The rule is there. The majority of guys are nice guys that do want to protect and provide for you and support you and be committed to you and live a married life with you. But for some reason, you say you want that guy, but your behavior proves otherwise. And that's why I always tell men, do not believe what a woman tells you. Believe what a woman does. Because her actions will tell you so much more about the truth of who she really is than her words ever will. And I have personal lived life experiences that prove that. So feel free to want to disagree with me. That's fine. Uh, Maybe I am the exception and not the rule. Who knows? But I know that I have given a lot of grace and a lot of temperance and a lot of wiggle room, a lot of understanding, a lot of leeway, a lot of hall passes to the women in my life that I have dated. And I have been not only unrewarded, but victimized because of it. So ladies, I'm just here to tell you. And I don't want to speak for all men. I'm just going to speak for myself. You are going to have to make a choice. You are going to have to either choose the nice protector, provider, chivalrous guy and be, find a way, I don't know how you're going to do it, But find a way to be happy with him and faithful to him and loyal to him forever. Or you are going to be a 50-year-old spinster, crazy cat lady, drinking wine all day, looking back at your life, saying to yourself, how much different and maybe even how much better could my life have been had I not bought in to the feminist woke bullshit I'm going to play you one more clip then we're going to be done with this for one day here we go
3: okay can we stop acting like understanding women is so difficult because they want a nice guy that's not too nice that's only nice to them but not rude to other people so that their, their friends and family still like them that's there's no social media But is gonna make sure to post about them and let everyone know that they have a girlfriend Um, that's gonna tell her what to do like you know make all the decisions but also don't ever tell a woman what to do because she's independent and she can do everything herself but also you're gonna pay all her bills but don't ever bring up that you pay her bills because again she's independent she can do what she wants and you got to have hoes but like not hoes that are trying to get you like a girl should want you but she shouldn't be trying to want you do you know what i'm saying like it's really not that hard to understand women like they're they're very simple creatures (laughs) it's just think about whatever it is you're thinking about and then do both (laughs) do both of the things right like have hoes but don't have hoes do both tell her what to do but don't tell her what to do do both understanding women is just doing both (laughs)
0: Yeah. Do both. Have cognitive dissonance. Make no logical, rational sense. No wonder good Western men are getting the fuck out of America to find wives. Because ladies, I'm here to tell you, one of two things are happening. Either you don't know how to be a wife. Or you never wanted to be one. People, it's time to play some punk rock. All right, people, welcome back to the show. Uh, I wanted to comment really quick on my usage of the word submissive. Ladies, when I say that Western men are going overseas to find more traditional, more submissive women, I don't mean that you have to completely submit and be dominated and have no say and, you know, be a victim in some way of your man. I'm not saying that at all. That's not how uh, this word submissive is being used in this uh, context. Okay? What we mean is, you know, if you display masculine traits, uh, like being argumentative, like being dismissive and controlling and manipulating in your conversations with him, If you're not being honest and you're not being transparent about your desires and you're not giving uh, equal um, consideration to what the other person is trying to explain to you about how they feel, if you're shutting down what your man is saying to you because you just don't like it, although, you know, you know, there's a good chance it might be true and that the reason why you don't want to deal with it or hear about it or talk about it is because you don't want to be um, exposed for this behavior that you are clearly exhibiting. Those are masculine traits. Guys don't want that. Guys want to come home and have peace. If you can't give your guy peace, you're in trouble. So that's what we mean by submissive. Like, you know... Um, agreeable, okay, not trying to be fighting and create drama and issues and playing the victim and all this childish bullshit. Be an adult, be mature, and have a real mature adult conversation with your man, and he will respect you so much more, I can assure you. And you might even get some chivalry out of the deal. Okay? <laughs> oh, man. We want to be with you, ladies. You just make it very, very, very difficult sometimes. That's all we're saying. Look in a mirror and fix it for all of us. <laughs> all right, here. I want to play this. This is uh Michael Sartain. I love his show. He's probably one of my favorite uh least emotional least aggressive most rational and researched of the red pill podcaster guys he's older he's my age um and i like his perspective here take a listen women, women will sit there and talk about how Just much they love alex the accountant and they'll <laughs> talk about how
1: much they hate brock the bartender but they but you know which one they slept how, uh, And
3: your theory how quickly do women generally emotionally invest uh, just I, again, it depends on how well. That's that a great guy question. Meets. I don't how, know. Well, how well
1: does that guy meet the criteria of that? Do you think? Do you
3: think like, you think, like first date? Um, Could, no. be. Could be. be. Well, if you sleep together on the first date, do you think, it... I, I think, no. I think? I think. I think. I think it is a
1: function of maturity. As women become more mature, they wait longer to emotionally invest. Oh, I think absolutely. that's what happens. I think in the beginning, you is this puppy love, and in the beginning, the first date. Uh, there's if, a difference between yeah. arousal and attraction yeah and uh, so many people like just I, I wrote about this in my second book okay i would try to make the distinction between those two it's alpha fucks and beta bucks okay so it's the long-term security the attraction if you ask a woman what do you look for in a guy she's gonna he's gotta be funny and he's gotta love his mom and he's got like puppy dogs and he's got to like want, <laughs> want, want kids in the future he's got to be educated he's a philanthropist he's yeah multiple six figure. so it's all these <laughs> things that that sound real good for the long term but if you say What makes a guy hot? I see. Okay, so he's got to have, you know, he's got to have guns. He's got to have six-pack abs. He's got to be at least six feet tall. He's got to, you know, he's got to have the chiseled jaw on. He has to have something that that turns her on. That's the arousal factor that I'm saying. We need to make that fucking distinction because we do not do that enough.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, and that's Rolo Tomasi there. He's an author. He writes about this stuff. He's got like four or five books now. The other guy's Michael Sartain. I find them to be the most uh, logical, rational of the Red Pill podcasters, so um and you know there they're talking about the same thing it's like you know ladies you want do you want the guy for the long term or do you want the guy that brings you arousal on the short term and i mean if you play your cards right you can have both ladies <laughs> you know i think we all need to vet both men and women we all need to learn how to vet potential life long term partners in a different way than we you know choose our sexual partners uh yes there's no um there shouldn't be a stigma uh for promiscuous women but they say that their the outcomes are bad because guys uh that find out about how promiscuous their woman is it it tends to disqualify them as wife material now i'm not saying all guys do that ladies I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having multiple partners, you do you, right? I'm just saying that there is research that shows that men will disqualify a woman from wife you she'll put you in the uh you know the d- difference between the dateable for a long-term category or the fuckable, right? Like I'm just going to hook up with this person and I'm not ever going to consider a relationship with her. Uh when a guy finds out how many dudes you've been with Uh, it's pretty overwhelming that men are going to frown upon that and seek a wife elsewhere. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being promiscuous ladies. I'm just saying, keep that in mind. If one of your long-term goals is to be a wife, have a husband, have children. Okay. Just saying it's biologically hardwired into men to know, uh, If the child is theirs to know who their progeny actually is okay and women you are biologically wired to attach yourselves to the strongest men it is a survival tactic I'm sorry that history and biology (laughs) exist in the form and shape and way that they do in the natural world okay don't make excuses for reality and the truth (laughs) It is what it is for good reasons. And just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not the truth. Okay? Hope you guys enjoyed this show. This is a little off topic for me. Ladies, uh, you know, I I don't want you to think I'm coming after you. I just want you to look at the situation. I want you to at least entertain the idea. You don't necessarily have to accept it. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to think it's real. It's fine. You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. I'm just trying to introduce you to some ideas and some stimuli that, you know, is fodder for thinking about maybe from time to time, at least maybe just considering for a couple minutes, okay? And I'm going to leave you with this final thought before we get to the punk rock I've always had this thought in my mind that if a woman wants to find a husband and have a partner and have a lifelong, you know, man in her life, shouldn't you want to seek out and discover what men want and what men look for? And I feel like women just don't give a shit because they get offered dick 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's hard to sift through the abundance. It's like having 70,000 unanswered emails. Like, you answer five of them and then you get 15 more. Like, how can somebody compete with this overwhelming abundance of opportunity, right? Ladies, I get your uh, predicament. I get your situation. I understand. That's why you have to get better at vetting. <laughs> and you can't just hope that the hot guy that you want to hook up with has the qualities and the traits to be a lifelong partner because (laughs) it's a poor way of choosing and vetting if you're just going to go hook up right away. I'm just saying. I'm not saying I have a problem with anybody hooking up right away. Like I said, you do you. Do whatever you want to do, whatever makes you feel good. I don't care. All I'm saying, and this is the, the end right here, is if you want certain specific things in life, it is going to take certain specific choices, sacrifices, and uh, plans. It's going to take preparation. It's going to take conscious thought and effort to achieve your goal. You're going to have to figure out what your role in your relationship is. It doesn't have to be traditional masculine feminine roles. You don't have to be uh, the you know little Susie homemaker in the kitchen, cooking the food and rearing the children. You know, you so long as you and your man have well uh established roles you're going to do xyz you're going to do xyz i would really like to see this in our relationship i absolutely need this in our relationship are you capable of giving that to me yes i am okay you start checking all your boxes together and if it looks like you guys can fulfill each other's needs and desires and life uh long term lifelong long term goals then maybe get married and spend the rest of your life together is a good idea. But if you're not ready to do all that work, if you're not ready to self reflect and accept the reality of who you are and what your decisions have, uh, what kind of situation your life decisions have put you in, okay? I'm just saying, consider the path to your goal so that you don't regret never achieving that goal because. You previously walked a path that prevents that goal from becoming a reality for you. Okay? That's all I'm saying. And men, let me get off the ladies for a minute. For a minute. (laughs) Pun intended. And let me get on you, men, for a minute. Men, stop fucking simping Stop putting women on a pedestal just because you want to get laid. It's fucking gross to watch. (laughs) Other men look at you and say really horrible things about you to themselves. They see your behavior. They see how you are creepy and overzealous and extra as fuck and cre- you know i already said creepy but like like a domineering like y- y- there are, there's got to be a fine line between uh dominant and masculine and like violent and mean right obviously and men if you're a violent uh domestic abuser type of guy i'm here to tell you you're in feminine frame. You are exhibiting female qualities by being so overly emotional and overreactive that you are capable of getting caught up in that angry moment and committing violent acts against property, against other people, whatever. You have not arrived at a point in your life to where you can give a woman what she's going to need for a long-term relationship. You are not the type of person that can be trusted that um that can be looked to for stability and can be counted on. You know, if you're overly emotional and erratic, what 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 criticism do men have of women all the time? That they're overly emotional and erratic and illogical and irrational, right? Well, men when you exhibit those behaviors, guess what? By definition, you are acting like a girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm the first guy to ever tell you that. I know there's a lot of big burly buff guys out there that could probably squash me like an insect that have had a really tough time had a really tough time with relationships. You're you're super attractive and it's easy for you to get a woman, but you can't keep her because you're a fucking meat headed nut job. Out of control, illogical, irrational, violent, aggressive. You got to lock it up, guys. You got to find a way to not let your emotions overrule your intelligence. You have to get back into masculine frame. And again, I know this from experience. So please heed my warning. Take my advice. You have to get your anger management and your frustration in check. You have to, I don't care what you got to do. Go to the gym, go on walks, uh, you know, plant, uh, you know, (laughs) crops, you know, have a, have a garden in your house. I don't know what you got to do. Read books, you know, uh, go to yoga, you know, meditate. I don't know, but you got to quit drinking, you got to quit getting fucked up and you got to quit overly freaking out and screaming and yelling and breaking things when you are frustrated or angry with something that's going on in your relationship with a woman. It's not fair to her. And, you know, you're, you're fucked up, dude. You gotta fix that. Nobody wants that in the world. Jordan Peterson once said that a harmless man is not a good man. A good man is someone that is capable of violence and savagery and, you know, extreme acts, but they keep it under voluntary control. They have it under control, and they only bring out that wolf in situations where they absolutely have to for survival, okay, or for defense or whatever. Gentlemen, if you can't keep it under control, If you can't keep that wolf in its cage, I'm here to tell you, you're acting like a woman and you're being a little bitch. She knows it. Most other guys know it. You look stupid. Quit fucking doing that because you're giving the rest of us good guys a bad name. Start treating women with respect, but start being honest and truthful and principled. With them and have boundaries and do not allow a woman to manipulate you because if you allow her to manipulate you she's got you dude she's gonna take you for a ride and I'm here to tell you if you allow that to happen then you deserve it and I can say that because I've allowed a lot of women in my life to take control of me my happiness my decisions the whole thing I am a recovering simp (laughs) Thank God, I finally figured it out. (laughs) Took a very long time, but I have finally figured it out. And the quality of my life has already improved. My mental health has improved. My calm and my temperance has improved. My habits have gotten better. I have eliminated bad habits and acquired better habits in my life. I have shifted focus and given my time to things that benefit me more than take away from my goals and dreams and aspirations. And that's my advice to you guys. Both men and women, we have a lot uh, to work on. So let's get busy. Because who knows what's going to happen in the future here in this country if this big club, world, socialist, communist agenda uh, becomes fulfilled, the promise and visions of the United Nations founders, right? Do you really want the one world government globalist plan? Or do you want something else? And if your answer is you want something else, I highly recommend you start your quest. This band hails from the French Alps. And one of the members, Ed, used to be in a band called Uncommon Men from Mars. And uh, I told you guys that they were the band that was in the studio with my old band, Nonprofit. And we were recording the Catalyst EP. And uh, they did the four-part harmony on our song, Letting Go. Uh, It was awesome, and uh, I think Uncommon Men From Mars uh, has disbanded, Uh, but now Ed has been in this new band for uh, going on 10 years now, and they have uh, kind of down-tempo, kind of new-wave, post-punk vibe, and uh, I really like this song off of their 2008 release entitled Golden Staples. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen making their debut on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast from the French Alps. Here's Not Scientists with their song, Perfect World. People, that was not scientists with their song, Perfect World. So you want a perfect world, access denied. <laughs> and you know why that is, people? You know why your access to a perfect world is denied? Because you fail to look in a mirror. You fail to examine yourself. You choose to point the finger at everyone and everything outside of you, external to you. And what I mean when I say start your quest is it's got to start inside first. You have to consciously choose. You have to make the decision to be better, smarter, stronger, more aware, more connected, more cooperative, more pragmatic. You need to exercise your body and educate your mind so that you can make fruitful use of your freedom. While you still have it, I love you guys so much. Remember in the famous words of Bill Hicks, people, this life is just a ride. And you can make your life better right now. It's a simple choice between fear and love. So my fellow Americans, I urge you to move ever closer on your quest from ignorance towards knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I urge you to start your quest From fear and insecurity towards love and acceptance for you, for me, for all of us. Thank you for listening. Good night. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 172 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast entitled Start Your Quest We'll see you next time
1: I struggle to sleep at night. Like, literally, what's happening is fucking crazy. They're lying to you about the inflation rate. You're, you're not getting a pay right. Like, where's your panic? People are not panicking. They lack perspicacity. They're not paying attention to anything. They're just sitting there waiting for the fucking steamroller. You think in 10 years from now, things are going to be better? Are you out of your fucking
0: mind? He says you lack perspicacity. What does that word mean? Noun. Here's the definition. The quality of having a ready insight into things shrewdness there it is people that's what i'm trying to do on this show especially you gentlemen out there i'm trying to instill you with perspicacity (laughs) tell your friends